unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. And today we've got a special guest. David, why don't you tell the listeners what we've got planned for today? Well, yeah, our special guest is helping us to initiate a new feature called Reports from the Field. And these reports are interviews with people who are not merely experts. They're also practitioners expert practitioners. Right now, people who are going to be on reports from the field are implementing what they're talking about. And we can learn so much from people who are in the field and taking action successfully. And our first guest on the Copywriters Podcast in reports from the field is Victor Urbina. I know Victor well because he is in my business owner's mentoring program. But wow, Victor knows business from Way back in the day, he sold his first business at age 12. Think about that. Sold his first business at age 12. And he took a traditional business route in life. He's been very successful. He has an engineering degree and an MBA. He's been a UPS store franchisee for 10 years. So he's already doing fine. But back in 2016, he started Optimum Life Labs which develops and markets supplements to help boomers and seniors. And we'll talk about his product, Joint Nirvana, on today's show, because he's built a business completely on copy and direct response. And it's really starting to get traction, like making serious money on a daily basis. Before we start, a friendly reminder, copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, Common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in the highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Now, Victor, welcome to the Copywriters Podcast. I really appreciate that you took time out of your busy schedule to meet with us today. It's my pleasure, David. Thank you for inviting me to be a guest, and uh, I'm honored to be the first person on uh, Reports from the Field. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. So briefly tell us, how did you get into direct marketing in the first place? Well, uh, I've always been a little bit interested in, in business, obviously, uh, having started when I was you know, a, a preteen. But um, uh, one of the things that always interested me or uh, bothered me, possibly, was that uh, I, I wasn't getting uh, enough customers through my business, through my UPS store franchises. So I tried to build a better mousetrap, so to speak, right? I wasn't happy with with what corporate was putting out, their marketing. And I decided, uh, well, why don't I learn about this myself so I could see if I can, uh, if I can't do any better. So um, that's pretty much the short story about it. Um, just uh, I wanted to, I guess, I wanted to prove to corporate that I, that I could do better than they could. Yeah. Okay. That, that's that's good. I, I think all of us, you know, find we've hit a dead end with all of the traditional, conventional wisdom and and finer ways to direct marketing. And and yours is such a a classic. Uh, maybe not that common, but it, it's a classic story that 
you know, the corporate idea of put your name in front of the people and, and pray and spray and all that stuff, uh, doesn't always work. Um, so you wanted to find a better way. Okay. So you and I started working together last summer and in mid February, you told me that just with the supplement business in the supplement business, you've made more money this year. And that would be in about six weeks than you made in all 52 weeks of the previous year in the supplement business. Could you share a few key takeaways from your rapid growth and success? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been a a, a pretty. Uh, we're off to a fast start these uh, this year, and the biggest takeaway I could share for people is to always test. Uh, it took a year for me to get to this point, so I tested for over a year. I, I tested uh, my uh, my my messaging, uh, you know, my offers, and it really was uh, a long, arduous, and at times painful process because there'd be tests that I run that I, I wouldn't even cover ad cost. But, uh, after, uh, again, uh, much, to, after a lot of trial and error, uh, I got to the, to where we got something that was, uh, working on the front end and, uh, that was scalable, uh, because before then, uh, what we had was something that, uh, wasn't scalable. We were, we were, we'd run out of money. Uh, you know, in, in other words, we'd grow broke if that makes any sense. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to share any of your numbers unless you share them yourself, but, uh, I think you've gotten to the point now where you are covering your ad cost on your first sale. Um, at, at, you know, on average, you're getting a greater than 100% ROI, which for a lot of direct marketers is a dream that will, they'll never reach. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, that's right, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you're, a, you're actually getting more than a dollar back from a dollar you put in. Yeah. Um, now, th this, <laughs> this this might get a little awkward, but I'm going to try anyway. It's not always comfortable to talk about mistakes, but most experienced people agree you learn more from mistakes than you do from successes. Uh, of course, we all want successes, but we, we also want to learn how to get better. So would you be willing to talk about an important mistake or two that you made specifically, you know, in the supplement business with your direct marketing and what you learned from it and what you're doing differently as a result? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the biggest mistake uh, that I made with the supplement business uh, going into it was that um, I just underestimated uh, the time to to get here. You know, we always think that it's going to be a lot cheaper and a lot faster than it really is. And I think that goes for anything you do. Yeah. So I definitely fell victim to that again. And it's a mistake that I have to constantly remind myself that it's never as easy or as or as fast or, or whatever, right, as you think it is. But but the other mistake that I that I made was that uh, at first I was a little bit too cerebral. Uh, about uh, about the way I was going about with my messaging. And so I had to kind of scale it back. Uh, not necessarily, I shouldn't say dumb it down because uh, we're still getting, you know, uh, the information across that needs to be put across. But uh, we're doing it in a way that is more uh, more user-friendly, uh, more easier for, you know, uh, somebody to understand that that isn't knee-deep in, in this stuff, you know, that isn't in the weeds, so to speak. Well, you know, with you having an engineering degree, an MBA, and the main thing you do is rent little 
little cubes of air to people. I can't imagine why you would have been cerebral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but, but that's absolutely right because, and it's a great point. It's a great point um, because that's what we're taught to do. Even, even in such hardcore um, academic programs as engineering, I mean, we're still thinking at a conceptual level. And right now you're selling joint Nirvana, which is, you know, an organic non-prescription um, solution for, uh, joint pain. And that's very real. That's very physical. Nothing, nothing too conceptual about my elbow hurts or my hip hurts or, or, you know, I, I can't pick up the golf club or I can't hug the grandkids. Right. That's right. That's, that's very emotional. So <clears throat> I, I appreciate what you said because getting into tune with that, it was hard for me. I think it's hard for most, most of us, not everyone, but most of us. Um, let's, let's talk about some of your your takeaways besides that, what, are, what would you say are the most valuable things that you've learned about copywriting in the business or with our work together, whatever you like to choose? Uh, well, uh, again, it goes back to just uh, not being, um, not necessarily, again, dumbing things down, but uh, just realizing that, um, that people, um, we suffer, uh, I guess, the curse of knowledge. So not everybody knows what you know, and not everybody is starting where you're starting, right? They're st they might be starting in their uh, knowledge journey, you know, at step one, uh, or even less than one, and you might be at step 37. So if you start your messaging uh, at that step, uh, you'll, you'll totally miss with them, right? And so that was important for me that I had to realize that. Uh, the other thing was that... Um, it's always important to use, um, I shouldn't say make the the biggest claim that, that you can, but uh, what surprised me was that uh, what some of the the successful uh, campaigns that were out there, some of the, the way that they were written that uh, maybe, again, the curse of knowledge, me knowing too much that I, I would ask, ask you, David, I can't believe people respond to this. I would, I would comment to you. I couldn't, yeah. I can't believe, you know, yeah. and so I had to realize that, uh, you know, that, uh, that we are uh, sometimes marketers, we, we are on a different uh, we start at a different level than than maybe most uh, civilians would, and and what they'll believe is that threshold might be a lot lower than 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 ours. So our, our BS meter, I guess, has been nicely cultivated uh, at uh, by this by the time we we really start making some progress in copywriting. Well, that's such a great point because in order to write good copy, you often have to learn a hundred things just to find the one thing that you want to put in there. And then you need to write it down without, you know, without implying the perspective of knowing those other 99 things. I mean, it is sort of mental gymnastics in a way, wouldn't you say? No, yeah, definitely. You got to uh, pick, uh, you may know, as you said, all these different things, but you, you kind of have to pick almost like one message that you're, that you're going to try to drive home one point that you really want to get across. And, uh, because if you, if you present too many different things in, in, in your marketing, I think, uh, it's easy to get lost or for, for your prospect to get lost or for, you know, it's like, uh, we've all walked into, to those restaurants where the menu is like 3000 items and, <laughs> and we don't know what what to order, right? So, uh, yeah. I mean, In and Out Burger really has it. It's really <laughs> easy there, right? It's like I love In and Out. Burger, two things yeah. you could pick from, uh, you, and so it's simplicity sometimes. And one and going the power of one message can't be uh, can't be stressed enough. I just had breakfast, but you you know you made <laughs> me think. 
I want a double, double animal style. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so I'm guessing that, you know, there's a word that's, there's a phrase that's become really popular in the last five years, really fashionable. But I'm wondering if you might have known this phrase as early as age 12. And that phrase is scaling up. Um, and so now you now that you have a business based on copywriting, what's the limit as to how much you could scale up the business? Or do you see a limit or why? Well. Yes and no. I mean, I'm the limit, right? Um, it, the The business will uh, only grow to the extent that I, I allow it to grow. In other words, that if uh, since I handle all the copy and strategy right now, if that stays, if it stays like that, you know, forever, yes, I will max out at a certain level. But um, when you're writing copy, and if if you if you have somebody that you're working with, uh, or, or or not, or, you know, just in general, when you're writing copy, they're really if it's working, if it's a good copy and it's producing, I mean, you can really scale as quickly and you know as, as much as you want, assuming that you have uh, the right traffic. Then it turns into a, a you know a getting traffic to it, whether it's uh, online traffic or offline traffic, finding those media sources that will deliver your the qualified uh, uh, ideal customers for you. At, at that point, then you're chasing where can we find more customers? You know, because we know this this copy that we have uh, that we wrote will convert. So then it's just finding media to uh, traffic to to stick it in front of, so to speak, right? Yeah. Okay. So I I want to um, see if I can pin you down a little without asking you to tell me where the family jewels are buried. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, if if it stays a one person business, which is mm-hmm. which which must be amazing to you, considering how many employees you have at your UPS stores and mm-hmm. everything they taught you in MBA school and all of that, right? Uh, yeah. So you're you're the you're the business. Your your copy is the business. Do you think you can go to a seven figure business? Do you think you can go to an eight figure business? Or are you already on track to do that? Well, we're definitely on track to do six figures this year. Uh, it might take us another year or two to hit seven. You know, I'm 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 aggressively shooting for uh, hitting seven figures uh, next year, and um, I think we could get there. It's just a matter of uh, introducing a few new products. You know, uh, so uh, right now we only have a handful. We have really two uh, products that we market. One of them being a Joint Nirvana, our, our lead product. But uh, then at that point, it's if it, it becomes more scalable with every new successful product that we introduce. So I'm, I'm I'm already working on introducing at least one new product this year. But um, I think we could definitely I could definitely scale this business to to you know low seven figures, uh, hopefully by you know middle of next year or as early as this time next year. I hope you know that's that's the goal. And even if we we fall short of it, I think we'll still make a tremendous progress. Yeah. When you have some copy and the performance of the copy is mission critical, who are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. They don't do copy critiques last time I checked. A lot of people, from the most advanced to the up-and-coming copywriters, reach out to me. I do copy critiques. One client, Brett Alcorn, has hired me 20 times. Yep, 20 times. That's because on the very first critique I did for him, he doubled his conversions on a video sales letter. Every month, I do a handful of critiques for GKIC members. 
These are copywriters and small business owners who are trained and experienced, but they need another set of experienced eyes to go over their copy to take it to the next level. One A-lister told me, I go over copy like an IRS auditor. Now, I wasn't sure whether to take that as a compliment or not, but he assured me it was. He said, I can find the one flaw or several flaws in copy that no one else was able to and make winning suggestions on how to fix them. So when you need a copy critique, just go to garfinkelcoaching.com and click on the services tab, garfinkelcoaching.com for a critique. Thank you. And now back to the show. So let, let's, I know we don't have a lot of time, but let's take a quick two minute tour of joint Nirvana, you know, what it is, how you came up with it and, uh, what sets it apart from you're in a, you're in a very crowded competitive field. Yeah. People seem to love the product and they often, their initial order is often, often several months. So could, yes. could, could you talk about it real briefly? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So joint Nirvana is an all natural supplement made from uh sea mussels. It is, um, it's something that I stumbled across when I had some uh, neck pain uh, a few years ago. Uh, and my neck pain got so intense that, you know, I, I often wondered, like, I, if, you know, if not that I seriously contemplated suicide or anything like that, but I could empathize with people that that would uh, that would take that avenue to end their pain because I had pain for about a week day every day i'd wake up and the pain was there and i'd go to sleep and the pain was there so i could only imagine somebody that would have to live in pain you know for years at a time so i researched it uh my wife helped me she's a research scientist and she found this uh this uh, sea muscle and uh, we i tried it you know uh and it worked you know uh, right when i was ready to give up i woke up one morning uh, and you know the pain was gone so i said well i have something here started doing some more research found a a, a doctor here in the area that had done a lot of research in the 80s, met with him, he mentored me a little bit, gave me some direction, and we rolled it out to Joint Nirvana, and it's been working great with uh, a lot of the people that have tried it uh, really early on, and oh, two cases in, in, in particular, a lady that was born with spina bifida uh, from Canada, her uh, the doctors didn't give her a year to live when she was born, and she's in her late, uh, mid-80s now, and uh, she tried it for four months, thought it wasn't working, stopped all of a sudden because she ran out and the pain came back and she called us frantically wanting us to ship her some more because she realized at that point that uh, she didn't even realize that the pain, that she was living, you know, that she was pain-free for the last three, four months. And then another person is very near and dear to my heart, a a dear aunt of mine that was uh, almost bedridden because uh, she couldn't, she hated taking that first step when she got up in the morning because she had such bad heel pain. Well, I gave her some. She tried it for about six weeks, told me it wasn't working. And again, she woke up one morning and, and she took that first step and it's gone. Her pain is gone. And, and even in her in her hands and she works with elderly people. She's a caretaker. And now uh, she swears by it and uh, and she's dancing and she loves to dance and she, she couldn't do that before. And now she's, you know, whenever there's a party, she gets up and dances because her, her feet don't hurt her anymore. Those are great stories. And I wanted to mention that you're only doing newspaper ads right now. Um, mm-hmm. So there's no website we can send people to, but we're going to put your email address in the show notes. Or if people want to contact you, you were saying it would be what Vic.urbina at, at um, Gmail. It's, uh, it's actually Victor at optimumlifelabs.com. Or you okay. can, yeah, you could send it to Vic.urbina at gmail.com, uh, whichever one 
you want is is either I get, I get both. Okay, good. So uh, thanks for that. And I know we have a large group of business owners that listen to this podcast. What would be your advice to business owners who would like to write or understand writing copy better? Well, the biggest advice I could, uh, the biggest piece of advice I could give them is pick up a book on copywriting. Any book, you know, uh, will do just about, but uh, scientific advertising is a great place to start. Um, And the more you learn about uh, how to market your business properly or effectively, I shouldn't say properly, effectively, the less likely you are to to get ripped off by, you know, people that come in and try to peddle you this or peddle you that, uh, because you'll be able to, to, hold them accountable, understand what good marketing marketing should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're all taught that, you know, what we see on TV is great marketing because we hear that it wins all these awards, but uh, we don't know if it's actually selling anything. And, and and as a small business owner, you know, that's important to us. We, you know, we could care less how many awards we, we win because uh, we can't, I can't pay my employees with awards or, you know, I can't, right. I can't pay my rent with awards. So uh, if I know that I'm going to invest a dollar and it's going to bring back a dollar and a half or, or some other amount, um, uh, multiple of that, then that's what we we need to know, you know, uh, and so I would encourage them to, to, to get a little bit educated on that, uh, at least so that they know how to, they have some sort of litmus test when they, when they talk to people about marketing their business. Uh, I just wanted to jump in real quick and make sure I heard you correctly because you said something that seems to go against the grain of what everybody says. Everybody says you have to be email marketing. You have to have a, a sales funnel on your website. You said that you're on you're on schedule to to hit six figures this year, and you're using newspaper. Yeah, that's right, Nathan. I mean, it's all uh, offline, done so purposely. I could go online, I guess, but uh, one, I'm I'm too lazy to to come up with with that funnel and all the autoresponders and all that stuff. And I think also. The longer I could stay offline, uh, I mean, as David said, there's a lot of competition out there. The, you know, I like staying off the radar, seeing what everybody else is doing, and then uh, and then trying to see if I could do some of that offline. But yeah, I mean, there's still a, a world of people out there that that read newspapers, that read magazines, that that uh, that still buy from that. You know, I think as long as they're in print, I think there'll be people buying and reading them. I think uh, what I wanted to kind of nail home with that is you know your market, you know where your market's attention is at, and you don't need the bright, shiny objects. You just have to have a foundational understanding of what what makes good copy and what is a good platform to provide that copy to your ideal market. Yeah, that, that, that exactly. is a great point. That's a great point. Um, you know, I, I want to ask you, um, this is a little bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Victor, what are the main differences between running a business like your group of UPS stores and Optimum Life Labs, which is, you know, I mean, with a UPS store, maybe you need to do some good outbound direct marketing, but you have the the UPS brand, the TV commercials, you have a storefront. um, But Optimum Life Labs is 100% based on direct marketing copy. What's the difference between running those two types of businesses? Well, uh, the biggest difference is that it's and it's going to sound bad that I say this, but when we, I don't know when I spend money marketing my UPS stores, how much in real sales it's bringing in. You know, because there's so many. Uh, I mean, we have the brand name, as you said, that that people know us for. Then we have corporate doing uh, some advertising for us. So, 
And then we have just our loyal uh, uh, customers that live in the area. So it's really hard for me to pinpoint, you know, uh, I brought in this customer uh, because of this promotion. And it does happen, but it just gets harder. But and whereas with uh, Optimum Life Labs, uh, I know where where all my tra- uh, where all my customers are being generated. I know how much I'm spending to bring them in. In other words, it it turns into just a, a simple math problem, right? If I know that I'm spending a uh, hundred dollars to to make one sale, and I'm and that sale it, it, the average sale is two hundred dollars, well then I know that I'm up a hundred dollars per customer. It's hard for me to say that with with uh, with my UPS store franchises uh, and. Uh, and, I, and I know there are ways you could do it, but uh, maybe again, I'm just too lazy. I don't want to get that deep into it. But uh, it, at least if, with Optimum Life Labs, it's a lot easier. There's a lot more uh, transparency. Uh, I know what's working. I know what isn't working, and uh, it just gives me more confidence to to make smart dis- in to make smart decisions. It, it gives me more, uh, I guess, more uh, ammunition to make the decisions that I need to make confidently. Yeah. Um, and you know, you have every right to call yourself lazy. Um, I would, I would respectfully beg to differ, but one other possibility about going online is maybe it's too early. Maybe you, you need to, you know, get more, more variables nailed down. So you can reduce the risk and increase the speed of, of uh, you know, adding to the business that way. Who knows, right? Absolutely. And I think you and I have talked about that. And, um, and, and yeah, and it's tempting to, to throw something online. But uh, I have told people exactly what you said before. You know, well, we're still figuring things out. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the longer I can kind of uh, uh, stay offline and, and, and get the the money math working and, and get the messaging, you know, dialed in correctly. And I know online is going to be things are going to change. You know, uh, it's not going to be exactly the same, but uh, let's get one thing working really well before we go and, 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 and really uh Add another thing, you know, and it's real hard to 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 be patient in in that aspect. Uh, so uh, that's one of the things I guess I, I've learned along the way to to just have patience and not try to overextend myself. Yeah. Plus, you've got a family, and you've got your UPS stores, and you've you've got all those guitar those guitars hanging on the <laughs> wall. I mean, you know, it's not like you can put every minute of your day or awareness into this business, and still you're still doing great with it. Finally, if you can boil it down, and I know this is uh, an unfair question, but you know me by now, I ask unfair questions. They're usually a good purpose behind them. What's the most important thing you're now able to do in business as a result of your newfound proficiency in copywriting that you couldn't do before? Whoa, yeah, that's that's a really good question. It's a really powerful question. And uh, it's funny because I do have an answer for it. And it was the one that I shared with my wife uh, uh, a few weeks ago when we were starting to scale the business at the beginning of the year. And uh, I was just uh, sharing with her, you know, imagine, I mean, having knowing having this skill. It's really almost like a license to print money, right? Uh, and I know that you've we've all heard that before from copywriters, right? And uh, and like the Beatles said, you know, they're going to go write themselves a swimming pool. So, right. uh, yeah, That's yeah. So 
it is uh, almost like uh, like you have a, a, a printing press, uh, you know, uh, for money in, in, at your disposal. And yeah, it's not as easy and, and it's not a straight line. It's a lot of zigs and zags to get to that money. But uh, I'd rather have this talent than maybe uh, some of the other talents that, uh, you know, that that could that uh, that could make you money, you know, because I know that uh, the better I get at this the shorter the period it's going to take me to get to that money, if that makes sense. Oh, it, it absolutely does. Um, we're going to have to wrap up soon. But w- one thing I wanted to say is you, you were talking about your, your mistake of impatience. And that's, inc- that's, that's completely understandable in this business where the promise is, you know, you write a letter and you mail it and all oh, this money instantly comes in. <laughs> or you put up a Facebook ad and a website, all oh, this money comes in. Yeah. W- once you, once you've tested through all the ways it won't work, and once once you get proficient at it, that's mm-hmm. absolutely true. Well, yeah. Vic, Victor, this this was so great. Again, if people want to contact you, and you'll send them a PDF of your, or you you'll send them some information yes. about this about um about joint nirvana, the sea mm-hmm. muscle based supplement. Um, they should go to Victor at optimumlifelabs.com. Yeah, that's probably the best email to to get me at because uh, at the other email I got a lot of different emails there and I don't sometimes it goes to spam and it just the the business one is kind of just uh it's very narrow and clean and I, I keep it uncluttered so you'll get you'll get my full attention. Super. Well, hey, thanks so much for taking time out of your day and I think this is very valuable and thanks also for initiating reports from the field. I I think you've set a standard that's going to be hard to live up to and I I like standards like that. So, thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you guys. Victor, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a pleasure to listen to. And David, why don't you let the listeners know what we have coming up next week? Well, we have another reports from the field. It's going to be different. It's not going to be live interviews, and but um, uh, we're going to be talking about becoming a copywriter plus. Nice. All right, copywriters. We hope you enjoyed the show. I know I enjoyed listening. You can catch more over at the Copywriters Podcast. Until then, we'll catch you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Is there a question about copywriting you are just itching to get answered? Well, I got an idea from a loyal subscriber, Amit Mookie, and we're going to go with it. Here's the idea. If you have a question you'd like to have answered on a future copywriter's podcast, simply leave a review for the podcast on iTunes. Besides whatever comments you'd like to make about the podcast itself, add your question to be part of your review. We've already gotten our first question this way, and we'll be discussing it in a future podcast. Again, thanks for being a listener to the Copywriters Podcast.